0: Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast with Pastor Lawson Perdue. Keep your eyes on Jesus, amen? And that leads me to what I'm gonna teach on. I'm beginning a brand new series today. I'm calling it Faith Connection. Faith Connection. So open your Bible to Mark chapter five. This is one of my favorite stories in the life of Jesus. I actually haven't preached on this for a long time. But uh, the Lord led me to this and so I'm gonna begin in uh, Mark chapter 5, we'll start reading in verse 24, read through verse 34. And Jesus went with him, and many people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, and she had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said... If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole, go in peace and be healed of your plague. Now, this is a tremendous, tremendous story about faith. Jesus said, your faith made you well. Your faith made you whole. Your faith saved you. Your faith freed you, praise God. Now, as we, as we begin to look at this, we're talking about faith connection. The first thing that I begin to you know, just look at is just consider her condition. This woman has been hemorrhaging. She's been bleeding for 12 years. Could you imagine bleeding for 12 years? She's went to every doctor that she knows that possibly could help her. I mean, she didn't have quit anywhere written in her vocabulary. She had spent everything that she had She was completely at the end of herself, but she heard about Jesus. And when she heard about Jesus, something went off on the inside of her. So the first point that I really wanna talk about in this realm of faith is faith received. She received faith. Romans 10 verse 17 says, Now then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The literal Greek says something like this. Now then, faith comes by declaration and declaration by the mouth of God. All preaching does not build people's faith because all preaching does not accurately represent who God said that he is. Faith comes when someone comes and declares who that God said that he is. She heard of Jesus. And when she heard of Jesus, something went off on the inside of her. Praise God. She received faith on the inside. Before she got her miracle on the outside, she got faith on the inside. And as we think about you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I want to go, or faith comes by declaration, declaration by the mouth of God to Romans chapter 10, where that's written in verse 17. But I want to start in verse 13. In verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This word for saved, by the way, comes from the same Greek root as the word when Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Your, your faith has made you Whole, sozo, saved, healed, forgiven, free, well, complete, whole. Your faith has made you well. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be forgiven, shall be healed, shall be delivered, shall be free, shall be prospered, shall have peace. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? We're not going to call on somebody if we don't believe in him. And how will they believe in him in whom they've not heard? See, she had to hear about Jesus first. And somebody went and shared with her the message of Jesus. Someone came and told her this message about Jesus. Jesus is forgiving people. Jesus is healing people. Jesus is is freeing people. You need to go and see Jesus. How will they hear without a preacher? Somebody's gotta share the message. Somebody's gotta tell them about Jesus. How will they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of peace. That's the gospel we preach, the gospel of peace that Jesus made peace between God and men. When Jesus was born, the angel sang, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Because Jesus made peace on earth between God and men, we can receive God's goodwill. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. How beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of peace that bring the good news, the glad tidings. (laughs) heard one preacher once, he said, I came to make you sad, or I came to make you mad, or I came to make you glad. Amen. You know what happens? Sometimes people get mad when you preach. People got mad sometimes when Jesus preached. I've had people get mad when I've preached. Sometimes they get mad. Sometimes they get sad, they repent. Why have we been living like this? Why have been... We- But sometimes they get glad. They believe. They get happy. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of them who preach the good news of good things. The gospel is good news of good things. Good news. God wants to save you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to heal you. God wants to give you peace. God wants to free you. God wants to prosper you. God wants to help you. That's the gospel, good news of good things. How beautiful are them who preach the good news of good things. But they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Isaiah 53 verse 1 says, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Jesus is the arm of the Lord. If you want to see Jesus revealed and manifest in your life, you've got to believe the gospel. You've got to believe the report. Not everybody believes the report. Some people believe it and some people receive it and some people reject it, right? You've got to believe. What are you going to do with the gospel? What are you going to do with what you've heard? Isaiah says, they've not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. In other words, believing the gospel is obeying the gospel you know i made a decision when i was a young man if i see something in the word of god if i see a promise in the word of god if somebody comes and preaches something if it has to do with a promise that's in the word of god i am going to believe it sometimes even if they mix it up a little bit i'm not going to get offended as long as i can see that promise in the word of god see some people are just looking for what they can get offended about. They're looking for what's wrong. I made a decision when I was a young man, if I can see what's right, I'm going to believe it. Praise God. And you know what? Once in a while, we got to get people in the ditch a little bit on the others because we've been so far in the ditch over here, we got to get them straightened out. So I'm not looking for what's wrong. I'm looking for what's right. I'm looking for what I can believe. Who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So then faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by declaration and declaration by the mouth of God. So when we come and preach who God said that he is, that builds faith in the hearts of those who believe. That's why all preaching doesn't build people's faith. Because a lot of people, when they're preaching, they're not accurately representing representing who God said that he is. And God in the Old Testament, he said, I am the Lord, your provider. There's seven redemptive names of God. That's found in Genesis chapter 22. That's when Abraham, that's the very first redemptive name of God. It's when Abraham took Isaac and offered him on Mount Moriah and the angel of the Lord stopped him and said, hey, i provided myself a ram. And he looked over there. I believe it was toward Calvary and saw a ram caught in a thicket by his horn, brought that ram and placed it there in the place of his son and offered him for a sacrifice. And he called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh in the Mount of the Lord. It shall be seen. The Lord is my provider. Praise God. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, talking about that instance, said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and he was glad. Praise God. Do you believe who God said that he is? If we'll preach that the Lord is our provider and that Genesis 22, Jehovah Jireh, when it brings up the first redemptive name of God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. That is not just talking about physical or financial provision because that is a type of Christ. And as a type of Christ, Jesus is our provision for forgiveness, for peace, for healing, for protection. For prosperity, Jesus is our provision. In in fact, when Isaiah says this in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He goes on and says in verse 4, surely he bore our sickness and carried our disease, carried our sorrow, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He says in verse five, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. He said, Jesus took our sin. He took our transgression. He was bruised for our infirmities, praise God, our iniquities, our rebellion, the chastisement, of our peace was upon him. Jesus took our anxiety. Jesus took our sickness by his stripes, we are healed. I like to preach that, and then I like to put with it 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. This says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, even though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. And I like to say, when Jesus took our sin, he took our anxiety, he took our sickness, and he took our poverty. Amen? Yeah, I hate sickness just like i hate sin because it came comes from the same place i hate poverty like i hate sin because it comes from the same place hallelujah that's the gospel So we come and preach, we declare who God, so God said, the Old Testament, it's a progressive revelation of who he is. God said, I am the Lord, your provider. And in that very first redemptive name of God, Genesis 22, Jehovah Jireh, in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. It's talking about Jesus, the lamb who's going to come, who has provided for us. And then we see it in Exodus 17, the children of Israel, Exodus 15, excuse me, they were coming out of Egypt, they were in the desert. They came to Marah, the the water was bitter. And the people complained against Moses and against God. And God showed Moses a tree and said, Cast this tree into the water. The tree is a type of the cross, the water is a type of the nations of the world. And when he cast the tree into the water, the waters were healed. And God made a covenant with them. And he said, I will put none of the evil diseases upon you, which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. My name is Jehovah Rapha. And you just go through the Old Testament. He says, I'm the Lord, your provider. I'm the Lord, your healer. I'm the Lord, your deliverer. I'm the Lord, your sanctifier, the one who sanctifies you. I'm the Lord, your peace. I'm the Lord, your righteousness. And I am the Lord who is there. And if somebody comes and preaches and says, this is who the Lord is. The Lord is your provider. The Lord is your healer. The Lord is your deliverer. The Lord is the one who sanctifies you. The Lord is your peace and your provision, Jehovah Shalom, Judges chapter 6. The Lord is your righteousness, Jeremiah 23 and Jeremiah 33. And the Lord is the Lord who is there, Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35. They're preaching to you the gospel. That's who God is. Faith comes by declaration and declaration by the mouth of God. Now, if you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus came to put a face on God. And Jesus reveals who the Father is. For instance, if you have a question about healing, go to the life of Jesus. Fourteen times it says in the New Testament that Jesus healed them all. They brought unto Him all that were sick of all kinds of disease, and He healed them, everyone. He healed every sickness, and He healed every disease. So we understand not only from who God said that He is, but we understand from the life of Jesus who God said that He is. Now, if you get into the epistles, you find out that Christ took up residence on the inside of you. So in you, you have his provision, his healing, his sanctification, his freedom, his deliverance, his righteousness, and his presence. He lives in you. That's the gospel. Amen. So when somebody comes and preaches, this is who God is. This is who Christ is. You can have it. They're preaching the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by declaration and declaration by the mouth. Somebody came and told this woman, there's a man named Jesus. He's healing sick people. You need to see him. I I know you've been to the doctor. I know you've spent all your money. I know you're no better. I know it looks hopeless. But if you'll see Jesus, faith came alive on the inside of her. Faith was received. But the second thing was not only was faith received as we look at this instance, in Mark chapter five, because it's not just enough to receive faith. You've got to release your faith. And she released her faith. Now, how did she release her faith? We read in verse 27 and verse 28, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said, if I may, but touch, but his clothes, I shall be whole. First of all, she came, she came to Jesus. The number one way that you release faith is come to Jesus. Praise God, she'd been everywhere else. She'd given everything she had, but she hadn't yet been to Jesus. How many people have been everywhere else? They've done everything they can do, and yet they're no better, but rather getting worse. But when you come to Jesus, there's going to something happen when you come to Jesus. She came to Jesus. We need people to come to Jesus. And you know, it's not so hard, but we've got to tell them about Jesus if they're going to come to Jesus. You know, when I first went to Kit Carson, we started our first church. We, we graduated from Bible school, graduated. Actually, Sunday morning, went to church and worked. Sunday afternoon, the youth group from, from Christian Center Cathedral of Praise, Dr. Lester Summel Church, came to my house and unloaded. We lived in Mr. Gilmer's house in Gilmer Park on Gilmer Street, where Mr. Gilmer lived with the Indian squaw. A little shack, about 600 square foot, (laughs) built in the late 1800s. It was rough. This was our journey of faith. But the youth group, we we was in church working Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, the youth group came and put all my stuff on a truck. Sunday night, we went to church and graduated, spent the night in a motel, and we headed for Kit Carson. We drove over the bridge at Kit Carson on Wednesday morning, and we had Bible study in somebody's house on Wednesday night. We went to work, but there was this lady in, in Kit Carson. Her name was Faye Shepard. She ran a little restaurant. She built it. She lived in the back and had a little kitchen and then had about half a dozen booths in the front. Two bathrooms, had a sign. Bathrooms for customers only. She meant it because she had to clean them. <laughs> but anyway, when we came there, Faith, she gave us, Faye, she gave us a, like an 11 by 13 Manila envelope full of money. She said, I've been saving my tips for five years. God told me somebody was going to come here and start a full gospel church and you're the one and this is to help you build a building. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when, we're, when you're doing God's work, there's not a, there's not a lack of money. Come on. When you're doing what God told you to do, going where God told you to go, being what God called you to be, I had a Baptist man. He came and he gave us $1,000. He did that a few times. He said, I am so glad that somebody is in this town telling people about Jesus. Praise God. He didn't care that he was a Baptist and I was a Pentecostal. He didn't care that I spoke in tongues and he didn't. He didn't care that he preached about Job and I preach about Abraham. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. hallelujah. He said, whenever I hear you talking, you're always talking about Abraham, comparing yourself to Abraham. I was talking about Job. <laughs> he had some hard trials in his life. Amen. But he did have faith in Jesus and he knew the message of Jesus. But you know, Faye had a brother and every, everybody said Henry was Faye's brother. He is a hard man. Henry does not, does not receive Jesus. He doesn't want to know Jesus. Henry is a hard man. So Henry came from California to visit Fay. So I went down to the restaurant and I, I got outside and I painted with him and I worked with him and I talked to Henry about Jesus. And I did that for two or three days. And then I took Henry down and sat him down in the restaurant. And I took this scripture in John chapter six, verse 37, if I'm right on the address. And it says, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out And she had those little guest checks. Some of you that are my age or older, remember them. They're they're green on the bottom and white on the top. They have numbers. I took one of those guest checks where she would write her little orders down. And I wrote, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. John 6, 37. And then I signed it, Jesus Christ. And I gave it to Henry. And I said, Henry, this is Jesus Christ's offer to you. Henry, what are you going to do with this offer? And Henry grabbed that guest check out of my hand. And he took a pen and he wrote on there, Henry Davis. In other words, a lot of times we think people are hard, but the challenge is they've never heard the gospel. Nobody's ever really told them that Jesus already did all the work. Jesus already died on the cross and took your sickness. Jesus already died on the cross and took your sin. He already died on the cross and took your anxiety and your poverty. Jesus already did all the work. God already raised him from the dead. God already made him Lord. Will you just believe him? Will you just accept him? Will you you just receive Jesus? And I'm telling you, it didn't take Henry five seconds when I made that offer to him to grab that thing out of my hand and take that pen and sign his name, Henry Davis. And Henry received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And I believe I'll see Henry Davis in heaven. Amen. But so many people think, well, they're hard. They won't receive. Have you shared? Have you told them? Have you asked them, what have you done with Jesus? What are you gonna do with Jesus offered to you? I'm not talking about Pastor Lawson. I'm not talk, talking about Karis Christian Center. I'm talking about what are you going to do with Jesus? This woman came to Jesus. And when she came to Jesus, there was... Now listen, she had been bleeding. One translation said she had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She'd been to all the doctors she could go to. She'd spent all her money. She didn't have any more to spend. And when she got to Jesus, there was this crowd of people and they were thronging Jesus. They were thronging him. But something on the inside of her. And it says this actually in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter nine. It says, she said within herself, if I could but touch him, I will be healed. You imagine this? she's been sick for 12 years. She's been bleeding. She's weak. She's sick. She's at the end of her rope, but somehow she presses through that crowd. I can just see her. I can see her on her hands and knees just pushing. Just, 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 she's getting through till she reaches Jesus. If I could just touch him, if I could just touch him, I'll be well. And when she touches him, the virtue of God, the goodness of God, and the power of God flow out of Jesus into her body, and she is well. Jesus recognizes, hey, the power of God just the power of God the power of God you can recognize the power of God and he looks around to see to see this where where is this who touched me the disciples say Lord the the multitudes they're thronging you and you're saying who touched me you know they were all they were all touching him but they were they were receiving nothing They were thronging him, but they were getting nothing. What's so unique about this woman, not only coming to Jesus, but touching Jesus? Because there were a lot of people, right? There were places where Jesus went and everyone who touched him was made well. What's unique about this woman was she was the first one. In fact, she created a whole touch Jesus, reach out to Jesus movement. Because in Mark chapter 6, the very next place Jesus went to preach, Gennesaret, it's across the sea. A little boat ride. You know, maybe five miles from Nazareth. When Jesus got off the boat, let's read over there and see what happened. Mark chapter 6, verse 53. When they passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret, and they drew to the shore. When they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him. And they ran through the whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those who were sick where they heard he was. And wherever he entered into the villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole. See what happened when when, when when this woman heard about Jesus. And, and there was something on the inside of her went off. She said, if I could just touch him, I would be well. She pressed through that crowd. She, she did it. I, I mean, she didn't have quick. She, 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 she just kept pressing until she, until she got a hold of him. And when she got a hold of his garment, the power of God shot through her and she was healed. She was well. She was whole. Oh, she got what she believed. But see, she was the first one. And so when they went to the next town, they went and they ran around. They said, listen, this woman touched Jesus. And when she touched Jesus, the power of God flowed out of Jesus and the goodness of God flowed out of Jesus. The grace of God flowed out of Jesus and the power of God flowed out of Jesus and she was healed. And, and so what happened was they heard that word. And so they brought these people and they carried them. They got them there anywhere they could get them there. And everybody that touched him was made well. But see, they heard, they learned from her example. See, somebody's got to be first. Somebody's got to stand up and believe it. But she believed it. And because she believed it, she came. And because she believed it, she touched Jesus. But not only did she come to Jesus and she touched Jesus, she reached out to Jesus. And I believe she started an entire, entire movement But she spoke, she said about Jesus. When she heard, when she heard about Jesus, she said, if I could just touch him. It says right here in Mark chapter five. She said, if I could touch him. Matthew nine, I think it's verse 28 says this. She said, and I might be wrong on the verse, but it's in Matthew nine. She said within herself, one translation says this. She said and kept on saying. In other words, I'm not talking about just what you say in passing. I'm talking about when the word of God gets on the inside of you and you get a hold of something and no matter what's happening on the outward round, you you have a hold of God, you have a hold of the word and, and you just continue to say, by his stripes, I was healed. He sent his word and healed me and delivered me from my destruction. He forgave all my sins and heals all my disease. When you just get a hold of the word and, and, and you just, something goes off, something went off and she just, she just said and she kept on saying, I can see her pressing through that crowd. I can see her crawling through the dirt. I, I, I can see the crowd is there. It, it's hard. But when she touches him, she's whole, she's well. See, because I believe that she got such a picture on the inside of her of what was gonna happen. She knew what was going to happen before it happened, so she declared it before it happened. You know, when we were in our last church, when we built our last church, there was a lady and she, and, and she came to me and she said, Pastor, I was here and I watched you and I, I listened to you preach for years and, and you said things. And she said, in the natural, it looked like there is no way this can happen. But she said, I watched And five or six or seven years later, it happened. And it happened exactly like you said it was going to happen. In other words, I declared my future because faith is not only released in action. She came to Jesus and she touched Jesus, but faith is released in our words. And your words are powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit of it. In other words, I have determined my destiny. And I'm determining my destiny by what I believe about Jesus and by what I say. See, James chapter 3 says it this way. He says, your words are like a bridle in a horse's mouth. They'll turn the whole horse. You can take a 1200 pound stud horse and you can put him on a 60 pound five-year-old child and put a six inch bit in that horse's mouth and you can turn that entire horse around by a six inch bit. He said, James says in chapter three, it's like a rudder on a ship. You can take a giant ship and take a little rudder. You can turn the whole ship around by just a little rudder. But he says this in verse six of James chapter three, he said, your tongues are, your, your words They're like a fire. They're like a spark that sets the whole forest on fire. They set on fire the course of nature. You can change the course of nature with your words. She said within herself, she said and kept on saying, if I could but touch him, I would be well. I'll be healed. You know, JT, our worship leader. Wasn't worship fantastic today? I love that new song. That, that, that new song is over the top. But worship was fantastic. But JT wrote in his journal when he was praying and meditating in 2011, he wrote, One day I'm gonna buy a house in Colorado. And in 2016, I talked to JT, in 2017. JT came here to be our worship pastor. Now, after JT got here, I called Greg Fritz because Greg told me about JT. I said, Greg, you never told me all the trouble that JT had. What have you done to me? JT, he said, it's okay. He said, it's the truth. <laughs> And and you know what Greg told me? He said, where could I send JT that he would get the kind of help that he could get financially that he would get from you? I said, well, nowhere. He said, and where could you get a worship leader like JT that could do what he does for you? I said, nowhere. He said, it'll be okay. Now, JT told me when he came here, when he interviewed, he said, pastor, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to do everything you tell me to do because it's working in your life. And he is, I want to tell you, I really honor JT and Heather because they were very, very diligent and very, very disciplined. But they came here in the beginning of 2017 and the two years before they came here. So, so he wrote in his journal in 2011, one day I'm going to buy a house in Colorado when he was praying and seeking God. And in 2015 things got really bad. And then he got here and it was even kind of difficult. Pretty difficult while he was here. To be honest with you. Some of the and difficulties we had to work through. But But they they were very diligent, and very disciplined. But the good news is that in 2020, the end of 2020, JT bought his house. And while JT's been here in less than than four years, in three years and six months, we turned their situation around from 60,000 in the red to 150,000 in the black. But see, God gave him a word in 2011, and he believed that word, then he found out how he could practically apply it, right? Because faith without corresponding action is dead, and he found that out in 2017, praise God. But then in 2020, amen, it came to pass. It came to, everybody say, it came to pass, that's a good word, isn't it? It came to pass. So. She heard about Jesus, then she came to Jesus and she touched Jesus, right? She she not only received faith, but she released her faith. She said about Jesus, if I could but touch him. And she continued to say, if I could but touch him, if I could but touch him, if I could but touch him. 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 If I, if if I could only touch, if I could only touch Jesus. 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 And when she touched him, she, she was made whole. She was well. She was healed. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus feeling the power. He felt the power leaving. The multitudes thronging him. As a whole, they're getting nothing. But she touched him and her touch was different because she was believing. She received her miracle. Jesus said, who touched me? I was like, Jesus, you're saying who touched me? The multitude is thronging you. Not only did she receive faith and release faith, but her faith was revealed. Her faith was revealed in what she received. She knew in her body. She knew that she was healed of that plague. Now, as we look at this, straightway, verse 29 says, immediately the fountain of her blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around about to see who had done this thing. But this woman, fearing and trembling, listen, she stood in awe of Jesus. Do you know when I think about what Jesus has done for me, I stand in awe. I stand in awe of what Jesus has done for me. You know, we just spent a week on the beach in Mexico and it was really nice. But we came back, we flew home yesterday. We flew out Monday and flew home yesterday. They changed our flight when we were flying home so they made us fly an hour earlier and then we were supposed to have a three hour and 47 minute layover in Dallas. (laughs) So we got on our first flight, it was good. We got to Dallas, I said, now baby, we're gonna go and we're gonna see if there's another plane going to Colorado Springs and if we can get on it. So we're gonna do that first thing. So our plane got in 30 minutes early to Dallas. We got to customs, it took us two minutes to get through customs. Fantastic, we immediately got out of customs, We had all carry on luggage. We went, got on the train. We went to where the Colorado Springs flight was flying. We walked up and it said 17 minutes till boarding. I asked the girl at the gate. I said, you got some extra seats on it? She said, oh yeah, we got plenty. I said, can you get us on here? Yep. And they put us in business class for no charge. Hallelujah. And we landed in Colorado Springs before we would have got on the plane in Dallas. And I was thinking, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, the Lord told me this He said, If you'll learn to thank me for the little things, the big things will be no problem. So many people, instead of looking at what God's done, they're looking at all the things that are wrong. And are there things? Yes, yeah, there's plenty of stuff wrong. But you got to decide. You got to make a decision. You, you got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. She stood in awe. You know, I stand in awe of Jesus when I look at my life. When I look at what He's done for me. When I look at where I came from, and how far He brought me. I stand in awe of Jesus. Her faith was revealed in what she received. In fact, you know what? If you know somebody very long, you can tell what they're believing. You know how you can tell what they're believing? By what they're receiving. So you may not like what you're receiving, but I have good news. You can change it. And you know how you change what you're receiving? You change what you're receiving by what you're believing and what you're speaking. Because your life is a result of what you've been believing and what you've been speaking. So if you don't like what you're receiving, I have good news. Jesus already paid for your forgiveness He already paid for your freedom. He already paid for your peace. He already paid for your healing. He already paid for your prosperity. Amen? And you know what? You can receive it if you will believe it. Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Your faith, every time it's written, Matthew chapter nine, Luke chapter eight, Mark chapter five, your faith, when Jesus asked her, it says in Luke, it says, she said before them all, she declared before them, she was unashamed. Of what Jesus did for her. My question to you is this Are you ashamed of what Jesus has done for you? Amen. So you keep believing, you keep speaking, you keep acting on the Word of God, and guess what? It will come to pass. Because God is not a respecter of persons. He's only a respecter of faith. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Caris Christian Center podcast with Pastor Lawson Perdue. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.carischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.